Oh, yes, it is week three, and it is good to be here with you on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim, and I just want to remind you, before we get into our week three preview with our news and notes, our uh, buy, sell, trade for some of the biggest storylines in the league, and of course, our rankings, review, and the mailbag of the patrons, we want to remind you that in order to get on that mailbag and to access the entire show, patreon.com slash Fantasy is the place to do it. At the end of the day, this is a business, and you guys keep the lights on. Thank you for um, contributing if you choose to. Um, also, you can contribute with no money by downloading the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Not only would you be contributing to us, we'd be contributing to your fantasy wins because it has every single stat you need to be your own expert and dominate fantasy football. And we got so much content flowing right now. We're in season. It's go time, and it is go time right now. The podcast begins now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Well, Michael was on the phone today, DM it, in our home league, uh, as I'm here joined by Michael. What's good, bro? What's up, brother? In our home league, Michael has started an egregious 0-2 with the lowest point total in the entire league. Yeah, it's very unlike me. Michael. Big shout-out to Jamar Chase. <laughs> so, Michael had to do some wheeling and dealing, and he made three separate trades today while also on the phone with me trying to get C.D. Lamb, prying, trying to pry C.D. Lamb from my cold, dead hands, but it didn't work. That's right. It didn't, it didn't yeah. come to a deal. And then... Our guy, James Diddy, I was trying to get Justin Herbert for him because Michael dealt Justin Herbert to James. Yeah. He was like, yo, let me not, not waste your time. I have no interest in Tua. And I'm not going to give you Justin Herbert. So that's how right. my that's how my negotiations went. Michael's went a little bit smoother. How was your day, yeah. Michael? What was your day like wheeling and dealing? Let's see. I traded away. Um, I started with Justin Herbert. I traded away Justin oh, Herbert. We're gonna get into the, the, the details of the trades. All right, I'm like, gonna say all the people, all the people I traded away, and all the people I ended up acquiring. So as a package, like overall through three trades, I traded away Justin Herbert, um, Jahan Dotson, Zach Moss, Hunter Henry, and Joshua Kelly. Oh my God! There's a bunch of people that are not gonna be <laughs> even close to relevant in three weeks. It's, and I have received uh, Josh Allen, Darren Waller, who finally just made a catch to end the first half and jerry judy oh putting it that way just sounds even sweeter <laughs> <laughs> this is why you get our your fantasy advice from us man because people do that um but yeah shout out to michael who is i was teaching the youth of america and he's like yo i need an answer right now i have other deals on the table i need an answer right now i, I wasn't i wasn't even like trying to like hardball it i, I had so many deals out there like try to wheel a deal uh, speaking of wheeling and dealing, what do you, why don't we say we get into this uh, these these news notes, Mike? What do you say? Absolutely. All right. So someone who's not going to be wheeling and dealing anytime soon is Saquon Barkley. Um, we thought that it was a high ankle sprain, and then he's like, no, 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 it's a low ankle sprain. And today he confirmed that it's a high ankle sprain. Whoa! Just, because, just came through the wire. Yeah, this just came through the wire. Yeah, dropped just just a little while ago. So like. What's your initial reaction to this? Because as you know, high ankle sprain, way different and, and way more serious than a low ankle sprain. And, you know, no one's really mentioned this, but 
This is now two injuries to J.K. Dobbins and Saquon Barkley, two of the running backs that were trying to get more guaranteed money uh, this this offseason because of this exact moment, because of the times that because running backs who touch the ball 25 times a game like Saquon does and 16 to 20 times a game like J.K. Dobbins does, they have a high risk of injury. So they want to get paid guaranteed money. And, and this is why. So I just I, I feel for these dudes. But on, on in terms of fantasy, if you are the Saquon Barkley manager, how are you feeling? What do you think this means for his future output? Yeah, I mean, high ankle sprains, we've seen it a bunch of times. It's a multi-week injury. It's certainly not a one-week um, injury. It's kind of funny that they were saying he was day-to-day for tonight's Thursday night game. Uh, maybe they were just trying to get the 49ers to, you know, try to prepare for Saquon Barkley. Um, but if he had a high ankle sprain, of course, that wasn't even close to um, – he wasn't even going to come close to playing today. Look, this means he's either going to rush himself back and be limited or he's going to be out multiple weeks, three, four weeks, come back and probably take a week or two to get back into, you know, game speed anyways. So it's it's a rough, rough injury for Saquon Barkley managers. Um, I don't think there's any other way to put it. It's never ankle sprains are bad enough as is high ankle sprains are are the worst, especially for running backs, especially because you don't have like that guy. uh for Saquon, like you don't have that that guy. Yeah, because because Matt Breida, like Matt Breida is not Saquon Barkley. He's not the answer by any means. He's not going to uh, fill in the Saquon Barkley role. I mean, just in this first half, we've seen Matt Breida. We've seen uh, Gary Brightwell, like, and Daniel Jones has been throwing a lot more than they've been rushing, albeit they're losing at the moment. But I expect that to be the case for the most part um, while Saquon Barkley's out. I by said the in, way, the, uh, in right. the waiver article that, Daniel Jones is probably going to lead the Giants in rushing while Saquon's out. That's how I feel about the running backs there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a sobering but probably true fact that you just said, especially against the San Francisco 49ers run D. Um, <clears throat> and just so you guys know, and as always, as is tradition, we are recording this during the game. We're about to hit halftime right now. The Lions are lining up for a field. I mean, the, the Giants are lining up for the, a field goal. It's 17 to 3. Um, Wow, 57-yard field goal. Yeah, he nailed it. Nailed it. It says so. 17-6, probably going into halftime unless there's a return. So that's what's happening in that game. But let's get you back to some news here that's actually uh, relevant. Uh, Jacoby Myers upgraded to a full practice on Thursday. This is really good. Last time we saw him, nine catches, 81 yards, uh, two touchdowns. And the I think our wide receiver one performance on the week. Uh, in week one, how are you feeling about Jacoby? Are you putting him right back in your lineup with no fears? How are you feeling about that? Um, Jacoby Myers is coming off of a huge week one and then a unfortunate concussion for week two. Concussions aren't like high ankle sprains. Like it's not like a high chance of like affecting your play when you return. So if I had Jacoby Myers in my flex wide receiver three, then yeah, I'm happily putting him back into the lineup. The week one was about as promising as you can get for a new receiver on a new team with the new quarterback so yeah i don't i don't have any qualms with putting jacoby back into your lineup if you already had him there uh yeah yeah i agree especially with uh some of the wide receiver injuries like brandon Ayuk not playing tonight uh joe burrow uh also is a, is a weird situation with joe burrow because um he's might be injured but then he's saying he's not as sore as he was earlier in the week they, he's not going to be practicing, but that doesn't mean he's not going to play. 
it's all, all a game of of wait and see with Joe Burrow. Jake Browning is going to be the the backup option there, so you're not looking. It's not looking great there. How are you feeling about Joe Burrow? How are you feeling about the weapons? Are you in any way staying away from Cincinnati Bengals this week or anything like that? Or are you are you nervous? Look, the Bengals have they've been getting off to shitty starts every year with Joe Burrow, but this is like next level bad. It's just absolutely anemic offense. Like Jamar Chase has five catches and less than 40 yards in each of the games. It's just disgusting. T. Higgins came back to life in week two, but he went catchless week one. Joe Burrow's had two horrific fantasy games. And now you gotta wait till Monday night if you have Joe Burrow. And that's about as a worst case scenario as you can get because it's a toss-up whether he's going to play Monday night or not. No one has any idea. If he, I don't think he knows if he's going to play or not. So, I mean, I'm going to start Jamar Chase, of course. I'm going to start T. Higgins. I'm going to start Joe Mixon because those guys you have to start no matter what, in my opinion, um, unless you have some crazy stacked team. But if you have Joe Burrow, you might need to be looking for other options. Like, I, I have Joe Burrow in one of my leagues, um, and I begrudgingly picked up Russell Wilson, and I'm probably going to start Russell Wilson against Miami rather than wait for Joe Burrow and have to start Jake Browning and use a roster spot on Jake Browning if uh, Joe Burrow can't go. Well, you wouldn't be using a roster spot because if Joe Burrow can't go, then you could probably put him on your IR. It's just that you well, have... a lot of leagues don't even have an IR slot. That's true, but and, and you'd also have to be really on the ball. You got to be really on it. You got to be following news. Like if you, you know, if your kid is in trouble or if like uh, you need to run to work or whatever, you're done. It's a it's a zero. So yeah, I I, I support the pivot as well. Uh, Austin Eckler also an ankle injury. Did not practice on Thursday. Has not practiced this week. We assumed that Josh Kelly would be a good pickup, and he was going to kind of give a little bit of Austin Eckler light vibes. But he has not been that in his career, and again was not that. Now you could say he was facing Tennessee, which is a really really hard matchup. Um, that's that's definitely. I mean, you could have that excuse that it's not out of the question. So how are you feeling about Josh Kelly this week in a much easier matchup at Minnesota? Are you giving him the the starter treatment? How are you looking at him? Yeah, um, Josh Kelly, after that abysmal week last week, gets Minnesota this week, which is a much better matchup. I already know I'm going to be ranking Josh Kelly higher than other people are and other experts are. Like you said, they played Tennessee last year. He didn't even catch a pass. Um, I'm not. Like, I'm not expecting Josh Kelly to be Austin Eckler, but he did take over um, that backfield last week. It was a shitty performance. We've seen running backs have bad performances against good run defenses. Like, we've seen Derrick Henry get stymied several times because he doesn't really catch passes, and it was tough to find running room in that game. Like, it's not... It's not a guarantee that Josh Kelly is going to be bad this week just because he sucked last week in a very difficult matchup. Um, and now he gets a much kinder matchup against Minnesota. So I'm I'm going to be – I think Josh Kelly's a solid RB2 this week, solid flex option. If he sucks again, I apologize, and uh, I'm going to have to eat my words. But I like Josh Kelly this week, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. He's like my RB20 right now, so it's not as if, like, I'm super on him, but I'm also not steering away from him. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, just so we have the exact numbers on here that Michael was talking about, he definitely took over the backfield. You had 79% of snaps, 72.2% uh, yeah. of rushes. He had 
13 carries. Elijah Dotson had four. Isaiah Spiller had one. So he was the main back in that backfield, and it was uh, not even close. He just didn't have the production. Uh, you could say because you don't believe in Josh Kelly, but also that Tennessee run defense has been hard to score on for the last three, four years, ever since Mike Vrabel got over there. So that's just something that's been consistent throughout the NFL. That Tennessee, you can't really run on Tennessee. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think they've. I don't think they've allowed more than uh, what is it like seventy rushing yards over the past like two seasons to an opposing running back. They have a they have a really really good good defensive line and dogs. That's the best part of their offense and defense, honestly, besides Derrick Henry. All right, Michael. I think fate brought us here, and I'm going to tell you why. For the tell me why, brother. I'm going to preface this next news thing. So I was listening to uh, us, like, because sometimes, you know, it's not like I listen to every episode, but sometimes I listen. I want to see, like, I'm listening with a critical eye, but also, like, I like what we say, so it's, it's entertaining. Um, so... I'm listening, and you know when the episode ends, they just kind of pick you up from somewhere else, and it picked us up from like week six of last season, and it was our conversation about how we can no longer call Andy Dalton Andy Dalton anymore. He is now Andrew Dalton. Andrew Dalton, he's yes. all grown up, and he's a veteran. Bro, it took you to that. Players, this is Andrew Dalton. This no, no, but your ago. podcast episode took you to that. Yes, right, your podcast. That's fucking bananas. And then what breaks today? Andrew Dalton himself, the man himself, is taking the place of Bryce Young, a quarterback. Now, the grizzled vet, Andrew. Yes. Now they're saying this is because of an ankle injury, but for me, this is a little bit of a, let's say, uh, you know, very. What's the word I'm looking for? Lucky. It's definitely. It's definitely because of an ankle injury. Auspicious. Uh, it, it's a, a it's little auspicious, but let's let's not get into conspiracies here. It's definitely <laughs> an injury. All right, fine. Not expected to play because of an ankle. Say he's dealing with an ankle sprain. To be honest, the way he's looked, it could be of, you know, a little bit of a talent strain. No, no, no. I think he has <laughs> the talent. Kidding. I think something I've liked about Bryce Young so far, watching him, two things. Talent wise, he can make all the throws. Um, and in terms of demeanor. Like, he's very – he doesn't get too up. He doesn't get too down. Like, when Zach Wilson throws an interception, it looks like his dog just died. You know, like, he's like, oh, and then he goes on the sideline. He's like, oh, I'm the worst. You know what I mean? But Bryce Young, you know, he's very stoic, and I think that's a good trait to have. Um, so I liked what I saw out of him, but obviously struggling because he is a rookie on a very bad team. So Andrew Dalton takes over. Uh, does this give you any, like – I know you're not really starting the wide receivers, although Adam Thielen did catch a touchdown last game, and so he ended up having a usable game. Are you looking at a guy like Adam Thielen? Are you looking at a guy uh, like uh, Jonathan Mingo, the the um, the rookie who led the team yeah. in targets? Or are, are, also, how do you feel about Miles Sanders? What does this do for him? What's your overall look on this quarterback change? Yeah, so the typical rookie quarterback will end up with the true throw value basically in the bottom of the league um, historically since we started tracking true throw value. Of course, you get the uh, the people, the quarterbacks who um, who defy that, guys like Justin Herbert. Um, but typically, rookie quarterbacks just do not have a valuable per attempt throw um, once they enter the league. So Andrew Dalton here stepping in, who PFF rated as a very high quarterback last year. That's caused a lot of drama on like Twitter and such because PFF 
was grading and Andy Andrew Dalton as if he was uh, like a top 10 QB last year. But obviously, if you watch him, it didn't look like the Saints are really doing much. Um, with that being said, I certainly don't think it's a drop off going from Bryce Young to Andy Dalton, getting that veteran uh, uh, presence in there, more of a pocket passer type presence. Um, not that Bryce Young isn't a isn't a pocket passer. He's just, you know, he's a he's a young rook and Andrew Dalton is Andrew Dalton. So in terms of the pass catching weapons, you can't really trust any of them. Adam Thielen's the only one um, as like a flex play if you if you need to, uh, because he has proven to be the number one uh, receiver there through the first two weeks, despite Mingo getting the targets last week. There was just a lot of those targets were like ugly type targets that weren't really catchable balls. Um, so Adam Thielen's the only one I'd really consider there. And Miles Sanders, uh, Miles Sanders, Kirk, it sucks that like the Panthers offense has been um, so bad to start the year if you're a Miles Sanders manager, but he's getting as much work as advertised uh, going into the season when they signed him he's to the big deal. So you can't really be, yeah, you can't really be mad about that. And you just kind of have to keep playing him and hope the Panthers get that, uh, get that offense rolling a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's right now, uh, although Andy Dalton did not play amazing last game. Um, and by the way, just you so mean, you know, uh, I, I know that there is, I mean, last year, and, and I know that there's some propaganda out there for Chuba Hubbard, who did have five targets. I think there is something to be said about that. Um, but, you know, 87.5% of the rushes went to Miles Sanders. He also had five targets. Uh, so Miles Sanders yeah. playing in that workhorse, workhorse role. Um, what was I talking about right before then? Uh, Andy Dalton, Bryce Young. Yeah, you probably know. have more of a chance to succeed with Andy Dalton than you do because he was PFFs. Like he was like the twelfth best quarterback in the league according to PFF last year with the Saints. He had a he had a pretty high EPA per play as well. So it's it's not like he's a a bad player. No, he's like a he's very mid of the middest, as the, the kids would say. Yes, the middiest. All right, um, <laughs> let's get to our next. Piece of news. There it is. Weird developments with Christian Watson. Um, according to Tom Silverstein, he did not practice on Thursday because of rest. He practiced on Wednesday coming back from the hamstring. And then this is supposed to be just like, all right, we're, we planned like a it. maintenance day. Yeah. yeah. And now we're, we got to see what's going on on Friday. You know what's going on with hamstrings, but also the, you know, Christian Watson is much needed as the, as that room is just, it's, it's depleted right now, and it's, they're making it work because they've faced two bad defenses, and we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but Christian Watson would be a welcome addition. Would he also be a welcome addition to your lineup immediately? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because you get the, like, oh, Christian Watson practice Wednesday. Oh, it's a, it was a planned maintenance day. Yeah, he's good to go, blah, blah, blah. Like, and he's going to be active on Sunday probably. But then what happens if he gets one of those, like, 40% snap share days like because they're easing him back in or something like we saw with T Higgins a couple times last year like it's not out of the question but then he could just be he could actually be fully healthy and then play a full lot in the snaps so it's not I don't envy the position um here of people who have to decide to start Christian Watson or not of course it depends on your um your roster and your secondary options behind Christian Watson but where he was going in drafts, fourth, fifth round ADP, I do assume that you don't really have a wide receiver um, of his level if you need to uh, replace him. So, I mean, I'm not going to not put him in my starting lineup, uh, but I'm definitely going to feel insecure about it. 
Uh, DeAndre Hopkins not spotted at the media portion of practice on Thursday. Uh, no one really knows what it's about, whether it's an ankle injury or somebody or or anything else. No one really knows, um, but something to keep an eye on. Derek and Derek Henry was also not seen in the media portion of Thursday's practice. This is a little more serious. They talked about his toe a little bit, but I'm not worried about Derek Henry not going. Actually, I'm kind of Maybe a little bit who, of a veteran days for yeah. Too. I mean, as someone who has Derrick Henry, like knowing that he's dealing with a little bit of a toe issue, actually makes me a little feel a little better about like um, the amount of burn that Tajay Spears has been getting because he hasn't Tajay Spears has been on the field a lot, but he hasn't necessarily been getting the opportunities. Um, I feel like that makes me feel a little better about that. It kind of makes sense. Um, Isaiah Pacheco he returned to practice on Thursday uh, with a hamstring contusion. Um, so he missed Wednesday's practice, but returned on Thursday. He's coming off a 12-carry, 70-yard performance against the Jaguars, and now he's got the Bears. The uh, Bears. Are you hesitant at all on, on Mr. Pacheco? I mean, everyone knows how I feel about Isaiah Pacheco at this point. Um, it was good yeah, to see is, him get the... But this is the Bears. Yeah, it was good to see him get the lion's share of touches um, last week and do pretty well with those touches. With that being said... Yeah, it's the Bears. There's a this is one of the better matchups for Pacheco to maybe set his uh season high in rush attempts. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get eighteen plus rushes if all goes well for the Chiefs in this one. So yeah, I do think I'd say Pacheco is a decent RB two. Um he obviously has limited upside because of his role and the fact that uh, you know, it's it's a Patrick Mahomes led offense. They're gonna be passing a bunch anyways. But yeah, I mean, if you're gonna start as a Pacheco, this is likely the week to do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I have Isaiah Pacheco a little higher than I also. Uh, I also have Jarek McKinnon a little higher than ECR. I think that there's some room for Jarek McKinnon in this game as well. McKinnon's um, been a McKinnon's been a been a he's been pulled down a letdown for me, man. Hundred percent. But I think that uh, don't count him out just yet, sir. Don't count him out just yet. Uh, Odell Beckham did not practice on Thursday. Anything to say about that? Nelson Aguilar actually put together a pretty solid game. Are you looking at him at all? Yeah, I mean, are we surprised that OBJ didn't practice on Thursday? Like, no offense to OBJ, but this guy, uh, it's it's more shocking when he is on the football field at this point than when he's not on the football field. So that's that. But no, I'm not interested in Nelson Aguilar. So I think that the running back position for the Baltimore Ravens was has been cursed uh, by Ray Rice. I think that Ray Rice just he got mad at the situation and got some voodoo involved. Because there has not been a healthy Ravens running back since. And Justin Hill. Justice. Justice Hill, excuse me, did not practice on Thursday. The team signed Kenyon Drake, who was in this exact same position last year. And Drake could be the exact backup to Gus Edwards. Um, Melvin Gordon could play. What this means is that Gus Edwards is probably going to get the lion's share of touches. The only thing is, like, who's going to catch passes? No one really catches passes on the Ravens anyway, but who's going to be in there on third down is the question. Is it going to be Drake? Is it going to be Gordon? I don't really care. Uh, this is really a Gus Edwards tweet. This is a good. This is good news for tweet. Gus Edwards. Yeah, I mean, if Justice Hill were to be out, Gus Edwards definitely gets a boost against the Indy, the Indy D line, and their uh, maybe Gardner Minshew um, led offense. It definitely looks like a good rushing day there. So Gus Edwards would. What I would definitely give him a little boost up in my rankings if uh, if Justice Hill were to be ruled out. Um, Say Jones did not practice on Thursday, so Say bye bye. that in mind. Uh, Jalen Waddle still in the con- concussion protocol as of today. 
Uh, Waddle yeah. needs to clear. Yeah, he needs to clear it on time to play against the Broncos. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he needs like a day or two where like after passing concussion protocol, right? He can't just wake up Sunday morning and say, I'm good to go. Um, so definitely, definitely concerning. And the, the closer we get to Sunday, the more I, I'd say right now it's a toss up whether he's going to be able to play or not. I'm kind of leaning like he's probably going to sit out at this point if he hasn't gotten through on Thursday yet. How do you feel about uh, any sleeper potential for Braxton Berrios or River Craycraft? Yeah, River Craycraft, uh, Braxton Berrios. Those guys would, would just be like desperation flex plays, in my opinion. Um, I would not want to trust either of them. Durham Smythe is a sneaky tight end play, though. The guy's been playing basically 100% of snaps and running a ton of routes. He hasn't really seen targets, but if Waddle is out, who knows? Shout out to me for uh, picking up Durham Smythe in all my dynasty leagues. What's happening? Ms. River Crack Crack. <laughs> oh my God. Touchdowns. Rolling down the river. Crack Crack. I got. Um, Savon Ahmed uh, did not practice on Thursday. Uh, so it could be the Raheem Mostert show again as Devin Kane is, uh, you know, he hasn't done anything. It could be the Raheem Mostert show again. Yeah. I mean, apparently they want to get a chain more involved, which, I mean, he was a, he's a rookie who's been out for a week, so I'm not surprised at all that he hardly played his first week active. Even if he does get a, little, a few more touches, if Salvan Ahmed is out, um, it's probably going to be those touches. Raheem Mostert is definitely the guy at the moment to uh, to play in that backfield. At the moment, I have Raheem Mostert as my running back 12 against Denver. I think he's a great play this week. Yeah, he's a, he's very high in rankings. I'm not uh, quite as high, but I have him at 14. So the running back landscape is already ugly with all these injuries and stuff, man. It's crazy. If you got yourself one of these healthy workhorses, consider yourself like. Yeah, CMC is looking like such a such a boom pick yet again the guy's so good he always does until you know you just gotta pray i'm not even gonna say you just gotta pray uh miles sanders has a pictorial injury he was limited in thursday's practice but he should be good to go they'll probably lean on him even more with andrew dalton under center uh aaron jones was limited in thursday's practice uh this is an interesting one he does have a hamstring injury you know these soft tissue injuries and the risk um i've seen some twitter doctors say that the risk of re-injury of a hamstring is usually between 10 and 15 percent um, you know, with that being said, they play New Orleans. There's also a tough matchup. Uh, how are you feeling about Aaron Jones if he does suit up? I mean, he had a monster week one, and we've been through this before with Aaron Jones. Um, the the missed games with injury and such. If he is good to go and active, I'm gonna play him as if he's good to go and active. Especially with AJ Dillon not doing a single thing ever when he's on the field. And if you don't know, now you know. All right, uh, James Cook well, was not in the media portion of practice, but he's good. That was a personal issue. Uh, David Montgomery is going to be sidelined in Thursday's practice. He's definitely not going to play in this game. So the question is, uh, Craig Reynolds, Jameer Gibbs, what do you expect to see out of this Detroit Lions offense? Because not only is David Montgomery injured, but Amon Ross St. Brown is dealing with turf toe. So – that does open up some different options in this offense to big pieces. How do you who who benefits, or does this offense see just an overall downtick with these guys out? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying since the beginning that um he is the uh, the preferred option there. Um, this offense is, I don't know, it's it's not going to be uh, it's it's hard to rely on. 
there's so many offenses in the NFL, I feel like, that are just unreliable right now. I don't know what's going on with the NFL. I don't know why the 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 bad offenses just seem to be so bad and even the good offenses just seem to be so bad. Seems like but a like, transition. Ever everyone's playing these these high zone states like safeties and like cutting off the big plays. Like everyone's playing that now. Like everyone's yeah. everyone's playing the Mahomes defense and it's kind of you could tell. But like but the 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 Lions the Lions you could say are a team that has been able to um I guess separate themselves as an offense that um can has been productive at least but like you said Amon Ra is hurt now if he doesn't play that would be a huge um a huge uh whatever it's called a chink in the armor right um for Jared Goff and then David Montgomery man like he was the starter I've been yelling from the rooftops David Montgomery's a starter Jameer Gibbs is the backup like that's how they've been operating this season um David Montgomery was getting all the early down work was getting some pass catching work was getting all the red zone work. They were using Jameer Gibbs just as a backup. And then he saw nine targets last week. Gibbs that is, but Craig Reynolds got like three rushes after Montgomery went down and then he even got a red zone rush. So I don't expect Jameer Gibbs to step in and get 80% of rushes. I think he's going to have a similar role to what he has been um, so far. Yes. I expect him to get a few more rushes since it's Craig Reynolds and not David Montgomery. But if they get to the five-yard line and Craig Reynolds rushes in a touchdown or rushes two times and gets stuffed twice, don't be surprised. So I think, Can't again, I think Jameer Gibbs is being – I think Jameer Gibbs is being overranked. Um, he's being treated as a low-end RB1 already. Last week it was the same thing, and I said you guys are being a little crazy with Jameer Gibbs. I understand the hype, but I think Craig Reynolds is going to get a lot of burn. I will say this. I, I agree with you and disagree with you at the same time. I agree with you where I do think that if you're expecting Jameer Gibbs to come through and get 18 touches next week, you're bugging. Like, that's not going to happen. I think Craig Reynolds is probably going to be that in-between-the-tackles kind of guy, especially because Jameer Gibbs, that's not his game. He's a pass catcher. Uh, I disagree with you with the ranking being a little too high. I think that I see a world where, especially with Amon Ross St. Brown not in the game, uh, that – you're talking about a big pass catching day in terms of just cat pass catching passes out of the backfield and lining up in the slot for Jameer Gibbs uh, and running maybe some of those safety routes that uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was running. And I think that one thing about this Lions offense that separates them that you were talking about, there's a lot of unreliable offenses. This offense has an offensive line that's reliable. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's what it is. It's the offensive line. It's the offensive line. That's why Goff is playing so much better. That's why these guys could all get open. That's why the offense moves because Goff has all day, all day. Um, so tis true. Tis true. And that's and that's what it is. Uh, Anthony Richardson does not practice on Thursday. He remains in the concussion protocol. Does not look good for Anthony Richardson. That means Gardner Minshew versus the Ravens. Yeah, we didn't know we needed it, but we need it. Yeah. I mean, the the Colts' pass catching options are already slim to none outside of Michael Pittman. So it's just Michael Pittman, and, and that's about it. When did Kadarius Tony get injured again? When didn't he not get injured? Is the real question, Tim? Unbelievable! Well, it did not He's always injured on Thursday. Probably not going to play. Unbelievable! That's, this guy that's how good. that's how Tony rolls. Um, Brandon Cooks upgraded to a full participant in Thursday's practice. That's good news. He was a kind of a surprise last minute scratch. Um, you, the news started to break on like late Saturday that Brandon cooks might be hurt. And then it got, it started gaining that momentum on Sunday. Um, I, it, and he was on 
uh, he was in the in the late game against the Jets, so hopefully you had a pivot because they didn't even like make him out until like right before the game started. Um, so, how you feeling about Brandon Cooks in this game if he comes back? Are you this was a knee problem? Are you staying away from it in any way or or anything like that? Yeah, I mean the uh, the Cowboys offense. I mean the Cowboys overall team has been just rolling to start the season. The first two weeks, CD Lamb just had a monster game last week against the Jets. Um, and now Brandon Cooks would return here against Arizona, which is a tremendous matchup. The only issue is Dak Prescott may not need to throw more than 25 times. So um, I wouldn't really want to trust Cooks as more than like a wide receiver three or flex play in this one. With, but, I mean, you always have upside when you're playing a team as shitty as the Cardinals. You just have to catch one long one. And finally, and we're going to end on the uh, most surprising, not the most, most surprising, but probably some fancy impactful news. Cam Akers, uh, that saga finally over between Cam Akers and the Los Angeles Rams. He gets traded for a pick swap in the late rounds for uh, to the Vikings to back yeah. up Alexander Madison. Um, a lot of people are saying this is it. Alexander Madison is done. While this is not the greatest news for Madison because this does show that they're not happy with what he showed in the first two games, uh, I do think that Cam Akers is not that good. Uh, so, like, there's nothing in Cam Akers' past that would make you say, wow, this guy is explosive. This guy has a special trait or two. Um, he had a really strong volume-based end of last year. Besides that, he's been largely ineffective in his career. Uh, so I'm not – like, I'm still starting Alexander Madison with full confidence. I haven't ranked uh, as a mid-range RB2 this week. I'm not scared of Cam Akers, but I do say that if there was a scared meter from one to five, it was at one coming into the season, and now it's like sitting at a two and a half. So there is definitely a, a – I'm not panicking quite yet, but uh, panic might be on the horizon. How do you feel about this? Yeah, look, Alexander Madison has played a shitload the first two weeks. Um, he hasn't gotten anything going. It's been very too difficult, uh, two very difficult matchups to start the year. Um, I think people aren't putting enough uh, emphasis on the matchups that he's had um, against uh, Philly and Tampa Bay, two very, very stout run defenses. This is the real test, I think, this week against the Chargers because the Chargers' run defense is – the exact opposite of those two defenses. Um, you could run all over the Chargers defense. So I think this is a week that Alexander Madison needs to have a big game, um, a game people were expecting when they were drafting him as the, uh, you know, as the guy for um, their RB2 slot in uh, during draft season. So I'm not overly concerned about Cam Akers signing. If he has a big game this week, if he struggles again, then it's uh, it certainly looks more ominous. All right. Michael, that is the end of the news segment. Uh, uh, your 35-minute thir news segments, your favorite. Uh, but we are going to be heading out to patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Let me put this banner up here so you can see it so you don't have to guess about it. Yeah, banners, banners, there it is. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube. Uh, also, the second part, what we're going to get into is some buy-sell trade. Uh, just looking into some of this stuff. We got Justin Fields on the agenda. We got the Steelers' backfield on the agenda. We got the young up-and-coming stars in L.A. on the agenda and more. On top of that, we have, of course, our rankings review. 
And then our Patreon mailbag. So head over to patreon.com slash to support the show if you already don't. If you already do, then you don't have to do anything. Uh, it's going to pop up right on your regular feed, uh, and you can catch the video on patreon.com slash So, again, thank you for your support. If you are not supporting already, please consider supporting because it's what keeps the light on. It what make, It's what makes us have Big Ben right there and, like, this fancy Brodo thing right here and, like, this this – this was a gift, but then this, like, you know, this microphone and all that stuff. And then an app, you know, we need money for that. So if you could help us out, we'd appreciate it. Anyway, come join us. We're going to be over there. Peace.